All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Happy New Year. Welcome to episode 182 of the DFO Rundown. We are into 2023. I'm Jason Greger alongside uh, Frank Saravalli. Frank, how was your holidays? It was great. Uh, nice and quiet. Got a chance to relax a little bit. And Jason, need to tell you that this episode 182 of the DFO Rundown is presented by Athletic Brewing. Dry January can be scary, especially in a long, dark winter. This year, it's simple. Athletic Brewing has everything you need with their lineup of non-alcoholic craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. I'm on day two. It's January 2nd. And last night, kind of wanted a beer, so just went to the fridge and grabbed a Golden Dawn, cracked it open, and didn't skip a beat. This is truly a game changer. Don't believe me? Use Frank20 for 20% off your first purchase at athleticbrewing.ca until January 31st and give dry a try. Better yet, snap a photo of you enjoying an athletic brew this dry January and tag at Daily Faceoff for a chance to win a signed jersey. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all faceoffs, fit for all times. Nice. Well, good luck with dry Jan. Hey, um, it feels good to start fresh. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Got a little uh, over-polluted during the holidays and uh, looking forward to quite literally drying out. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Well, well you're drying out, Frank. Um, the, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are not. They're the exact opposite. They're celebrating all the time. They've won 11 in a row. They have points in 13 straight games. They are absolutely rolling and... They get their uh, off-season acquisition, one of them anyway. Uh, Max Pacioretty is very close to returning. 
Yeah, my bold prediction for Pacioretty was that he would be back before the calendar turned to 2023, but clearly he's very close. The Hurricanes said a few days ago within the next 10 games, so it gives you a pretty good indication that at some point this month he'll be back. And look, if he can be anywhere near the level that he was with the Vegas Golden Knights, he missed so much time over the course of his tenure there due to injury, but when he played... He averaged a pace of 37 goals a season. So if he can even be at 25 or 30, that's a big boost for this Canes lineup. And I'm really curious to see what Carolina does this trade deadline. We're now close to 60 days away. It'll be two months to the day on Tuesday, January 3rd. And, you know, you look at Carolina, he just, they're the model of consistency in today's NHL. Like we talked about this earlier in the year, right as the season was starting in our season preview with head coach Rod Brindamore, Jay, and they don't have any blips. Like they're not a team that has three game losing streaks or five game losing streaks. They don't ever bottom out. They're just, even if they have a tough night right back the next night, they're, they're back to where they wanted to be 25, six and six. I mean, They've been on a tear this entire season. They're running away with the Metropolitan Division. They survived a 13-game winning streak from the New Jersey Devils. Now they've got a 13-game point streak of their own. Um, And they've done it with some interesting pieces. Pyotr Kochetkov in net has done the bulk of the work. They just are missing a bona fide second-line center, in my opinion. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them go after someone at the deadline. Well, I think this is the year they have to. I, you know, see, I don't agree with that thinking. But I want to hear your take first. Well, I, the one thing I I look at Carolina, and Sebastian Ajo is is very good. Tara Vine and um, you know Svechnikov, really good shooter, but neither one of them to me is like an elite game breaker, and that's the one thing I think they miss. Hmm. I, I mean, I think Aho is an elite game breaker. I do. Yeah. Um, he may not be putting up 110 points, but I think he's elite. Um, they have elite players on the back end. Jacob Slavin, uh, true great game breaker. Um, I what what I was saying about the thought process. And I think Carolina has done a really, really good job at this. If you look at the structure of this team and how they've layered in some older veteran players, a lot of the core of their team, the Ajos and the Svechnikovs, Ajo 25, Svechnikov 22, Slavin 28, they're right in the heart of their prime. And I think sacrificing too many future assets at some, like at some point you do have to pile in and go for it. But I think they've done a really nice job of managing what they have and being able to add pieces on the cheap that don't sacrifice their competitive window to win. Like look at the addition of, of Seth Jarvis and, and drafting him and what they've been able to accomplish with him adding to their lineup. They don't ever push everything in, into the middle of the table to the point where they're hamstrung, you know, three and five years from now. I think this team has a really good chance to be competitive for the next seven years. Oh, I don't discount that they're a very good team, but Martin Neckash leads their team. He's 43rd in scoring in the NHL. 
Like to me, and they everybody scores, all their lines contribute. I was going to say they have depth. They have great balance across the board, but you teams win with a superstar. I don't. I don't believe Aho is a superstar. I think he's a really good player. I don't believe he's a superstar, and I think that's the one lacking ingredient for Carolina up front. Now, getting Brent Burns has really helped them on the back end. You know, Slavin as Slavin might be the best pure defensive defenseman. I won't argue with that. He's he's an elite defender, but they don't have an elite offensive guy, and they haven't had one. And I think it's hurt them in series where you can have you know teams everybody gets tight checking, and then all of a sudden you have you know Sidney Crosby, Ovechkin. McDavid, McCannon, guys who can win a series by themselves or win at least a few games by themselves. And that's what I think Carolina lacks. And and if I was them, I'd be willing to to make a, a two for one type of deal to get that guy. So who would be your guy? Like to me, I think it it's clearly at center, right? Like they were hoping and and they banked on Kotkaniemi being that guy that would step up and he's just not he's not cutting it. No. So do you go after Horvat? Who do you like? Who do you, who's your guy? See, you know, I like Bo Horvat. Like Bo Horvat this year is an elite goal scorer. He's not historically an elite goal scorer. So, you know, Horvat's one where I think there's a lot of interest for Bo Horvat for this year, Frank. My concern is what's the contract going to look like for Bo Horvat? Right? That's going to be that, expensive. That to me is going to be the. Um, I, I think a lot of teams would have interest to acquire Bo Horvat because his contract this year easily tradable Vancouver eat some of it no problem right you can make that trade the thing is can you make the trade and then potentially re-sign him right I I look at like what Boston did with Taylor Hall right Th- that's that's a similar guy now Hall isn't that's that's season. totally different though he had a crap a crap season and they were able to re-sign him for cheap relatively yeah. well, I know but my point is they acquired a player who was a good player who had a track record of being good and they didn't have to overpay him Right. Bo Horvat, I, I look at Bo Horvat has never been, uh, had never had a season like Taylor Hall up until this year. And now Taylor Hall got paid for that by one year, though. Right. Remember, he got the big contract for one year from Buffalo. And then you're right, he got traded to, to Boston. But Bo Horvat, him and his agent, and, and, and I understand it, him and his agent are going to be looking to say, we should be getting 7.5. Seven 7.5. He, he's already over eight. And I, I, I mentioned on radio, there is at least one team I believe in my conversations around the league that is willing to pay Bo Horvat a number that starts with nine, nine, nine. And here's the thing. I'm, I would tend, you know, me, I'm like skeptical by nature. I was skeptical of Tage Thompson being able to repeat what he did last year, this year, your boy, Tage Thompson. And I actually think that maybe not to the exact number, but a lot of what Bo Horvat is doing this year is very repeatable. And I think there's been a huge change in his game with Adam Oates. And I think the work that he's done with him, getting him to the right places and the way that he's playing, I think it's designed to be repeatable. He, it's totally changed his life. Not just his game. It's changed his life with this next contract. Oh, I, I don't discount that. But he, here's my the difference between Tage Thompson and Horvat. Well, Tage Thompson was scoring goals and getting assists, right? He was basically a point of game guy. Bo Horvat's got 26 goals, but he's only got 14 apples as a centerman. That's so. I don't is care it, how many apples you get if you're scoring 26 goals in 36 games, uh, you could get zero apples. 
Yeah, I don't care. Just, I don't care. Is it, is it repeatable to, to pay $9 million? I would say that if he's if scoring pays, 40 goals, probably is repeatable. If Meaning somebody it, pays him $9 million, it, Frank, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be Jeff Skinner. They'll regret the contract. That's, that is harsh. Well, why? Jeff Skinner wasn't a legit 60 point guy for many Jeff years. Jeff Skinner is an undersized winger. That has had had up and down seasons, mercurial seasons in between. Yeah, but the point was he scored 40 goals and got paid huge money for it, right? And he was not a 40-goal guy, historically, right? Like, Tage Thompson, Tage Thompson's a big outlier, right? And, it's, and you know, people in Edmonton compare Pilarvio, he'll be the next Nachushkin. Those guys are massive outliers. If that's your comparison, you're setting yourself up for failure because they're so rare. Honestly, if you paid Bo Horvat $9 million, I'm sorry. I like Bo Horvat as a player, but it's going to look as a massive overpay a few years into the deal. Well, that may be the case, but I think comparing him to Jeff Skinner is like comparing Apple. Well, no, I was just comparing the contract, saying you didn't like yeah. people. Jeff but Skinner. He, but, didn't... but to be fair, like Bo scored 31 last year. He's had previous seasons of 27, like 22 in a shortened season. Like yeah. he, it's. It's a it's a huge step forward, but it's not like it's a, Skinner had seven goal seasons and then scored forty and then became that player in terms of contract. I, oh, I just but, don't think it's a fair comparison. Okay, even if I'm you look, take out the style of play and position. But, but look at points, Frank. Because I just think, you, but no matter what, at, at the very least, you can pencil Bow in for a sort of. 55 to 65 points, but he's also one of the most complete players in the league. Okay, again, I like Bo Horvat, but look at the comparables. Who's getting $9 million? Right? Which you're, you're, the cap's going up. Like it, it's, it just is. It's, the cap okay. is changing. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I'm not saying I would sign him to $9 million. I'm just saying that someone out there, there's such a lack of, there's such a need at that position that someone's going to do it. Hey, you could, hey, Gabranza got four mil over four. So you're right. All it takes is one team to, to pay a player big money. I don't, I don't discount that. I'm just suggesting that if history will tell me, like I thought Bo Horvat might push seven and a half to eight, which is still a huge raise over what he's making. He was, ar- he was already, I think, at seven and a half before the season started. All right. Well, uh, and hey, he's already making six, six, or sorry. Um, he's already making five, five. So, um, but do you yeah. think Bo, but is Bo Horvat a lead offensive player? See, I don't think he is. He's become he's that this year. He said, well, one year he has so far, but he's still not in the top 20 in scoring. Where's he in goals? Yeah. Goals. Sure. But I'm talking scoring. That's what matters. Goal, goals are what matter. Yeah. I think elite <laughs> offensive guys produce Seinfeld both. Type, uh, yeah. Like yeah. elite, to me, elite offensive guys. Third in the league in goals. He has the same yeah. number of goals as Ovechkin and one more than Robertson. The dude's getting paid. Oh, I don't. Hey, you mentioned Jason Robertson. Look at look what he did. Now, granted, RFA, but um, look at what he's getting paid. It was a bargain contract for right now. Yeah. Looks so, like an yeah. absolute bargain. But yeah, they, they said the same thing. You got to go out and prove it again. But he was an RFA. Yeah. And he got 775, and he did it for one season. So now I have a question for you, Frank. The team that's willing to do it, are they a competitive team? 
Well, that's where it really gets interesting with Horvat because I think that there's going to be non-competitive teams yes. that are going to try and be in the mix that are even willing to pay the price at the trade deadline to give up the type of assets necessary to get in the mix because they know that he's likely not going to make it to market. How many teams are really willing to pay the steep, steep rental price? What do you think the list is of teams that are willing to cash everything in to pay that price? I would say. But if you're Vancouver, see, here's Horvath. I would say, let's just, let's just finish this exercise. Colorado. Colorado is one. Would you say the Oilers are one? No. They, okay. They, they, they got us. Like they got three guys in the top ten in scoring. They got to spend money. And, no, and I'm not saying for Horvat. Teams that are really willing to to put everything out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, for the right defenseman, I think. But again, you can't like the defensemen that are available. Frank, I don't think are game changer guys that you want to grossly overpay for. That's the concern. I would agree. Uh, so let's finish the exercise. I would say the Leafs are probably one. I don't see yeah, them I, withholding I, anything to get see, what they need. You and I will disagree. I think Carolina's got him. I think they need an impact offensive player. So, okay. And they've got so much depth. They can move guys. Okay. So, okay. So you're going to include Carolina in the mix. We know Tampa would, but I just don't think they have the assets. They don't have the picks. Their no. first round pick is until 2025. Um, they, they don't have any prospects. They just re-signed Nick Perbix today, who's been a, a bit of a revelation as a sixth-round pick from 2017. Um, yeah, it's I maybe the Rangers. Do you think the Rangers are willing to do it? Well, now the Rangers, Frank, it becomes interesting. Do, would they would they give up Lafreniere? Maybe don't have to give up a lot of assets, but you give up a former number one overall pick. How does that change the equation? Does he really get you excited? If you're, let's put yourself in the Canucks shoes. Mm-hmm. Does he really get you excited? Um, you know what i I would take Lafreniere over a first round twenty twenty three. If I'm Vancouver, that's a great example, Frank, because Vancouver to me, they're not that bad. They've got Quinn Hughes. They've got Pedersen. Oh, got here we good- go again. You, no, but, you, you no, love Frank, Vancouver. No, no, I don't love them. But I'm not. They're not. They're not Anaheim. They're not Arizona. Right? Like they've got some good pieces. So for them to go scorched earth, like it just doesn't make sense. I don't see how they do it. They got. Too, they got too many quality NHL players that are going to perform. You know, Thatcher Demko's. You know, out now. But when Thatcher Demko's healthy, people would say, "Hey, that's a pretty good goaltender." Right. So they've got quit. They've got some pieces. They've got some albatross contracts for sure. I agree, but they don't have, they're not bad enough. If I was them and I could get Lafreniere to look and say, Hey, we'll take Lafreniere over trading Bo Horvat for a first round pick. That's really not going to help us for four years. Right. I would, I think I would be more interested in that if I was Vancouver. I, I'm not convinced that New York needs a center, but I'm just saying it. Yeah. Which I was just trying to isolate which teams are willing to go all in this year. Boston is probably one. We know Pittsburgh would, you know, they'd like to do a lot, but they have zero cap space. You know who has the most cap space amongst the competitive teams, which is shocking because they have so much dead cap space, is the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, they keep accruing. Right? So I wonder, like, does Bill, I, man, Bill Guerin is not afraid he, he has inherited Jim Rutherford's ability to just 
not give two you know what's and he'll make a deal if you don't expect it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on the Minnesota Wild as an acquisition team. I I would agree. I I don't know that they're going all in to do it. Like I think they really need their first round pick. Oh yeah, but you can make good trades at the deadline that really help your team without going like, you know, all in, right? Like look what now Colorado That isn't need. what the exercise is. Oh. Well, all in though is like, so you're saying give up a first round pick. Team, which team it's not just first rounders. Like which teams are saying I don't care what we have to give up. We're doing whatever we need to do at this deadline. No. Well, I think that's a short list. That's what I'm it's, saying. It's a, yeah. it's a short Would you include Vegas? God. Do they, how, well, you know, anybody can be creative, but yeah, they might. I wouldn't rule it out. But I wonder if maybe they've, because they've always done it, Frank. So I guess it would be foolish just all of a sudden say they're not going to be that aggressive. They've always been aggressive. That's been their MO from day one of coming in as an organization. You know what I'm not feeling terrible about is my preseason pick of the Kings winning the Pacific. You guys all thought I was absolutely nuts. They're hanging tough. Oh, I don't mind. LA's a solid team. I had LA's a, as a playoff team for sure. Yeah, I had them winning the division. They're four points back. I mean, they're and they're five clear of Calgary. Oh no, hey, the Kings. If if they got consistent goaltending, they're they're a pretty good team, right? Adding Kemp Fial is exactly what they needed. He's come in. He's added a boost to their offense. Exactly what they needed. Speaking of teams that. Got a boost. What about the Washington Capitals over the break? Hey, how many of us thought they were dead? And the I Caps thought they were totally dead. Yeah. They've come storming back to, what, 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10 games. They're a point behind the Devils now in, in that race, which is going to be a great race in the second half of the season, uh, although Carolina's kind of pulling away from number one. But 2-3-4, the Rangers and the Capitals, both teams. Now, the Rangers, I, I said, hey, the Rangers will figure it out because their goaltender is just too good not to. But, man, I look at Washington, and I was like, oof, they're older, they're banged up. But here they are. They just keep rolling. And and they've really, you know, in the last month, Frank, been one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, they've been ridiculously good. Um, you know, I was just giving this some thought in the back of my head while we were talking. You mentioned Carolina not having a true superstar. And how it's sort of been required to win. And I would say if you look historically over the last 10 plus years or so, yes, most of the teams that have won have had one. But I think there's two teams that are uh, that have won that didn't have superstars that I wonder if, Car- like, why couldn't Carolina be that team? So St. Louis in 2019, they did not have a true superstar unless you, you want to include O'Reilly in that category or if you want to include Tarasenko, but I, I don't. What about Petrangelo at that peak of his career? Uh, I mean, he's right on the edge. I would say star, not a superstar, is what I would the category I'd put him in. And Boston in 2011. You didn't no. have Chara as, like, Chara was a Norris Trophy winner. He's pretty dominant force. yeah. But, like, Bergeron hadn't yet won a Selkie. Their leading scorer that season had a grand total of 62 points. Yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Boston might yeah, that'd be I mean, fair. Milan Lucic led the team in scoring with 62 points. No. That's that's bananas. Marshan yeah, was, not, Marchand was right. not a – he was not a 
No, Marshawn uh, wasn't the player he was then, or no. is now, I should say. So, I mean, they had other young – Tyler Sagan was there. You know, he was a rookie. That that team didn't have a true superstar, I don't think. I mean, you could say Chara was, but I don't know. Yeah, no, Carolina has what they have because Boston, you know, you had Chara. St. Louis had Petrangelo and Pareko and Bowmeister and they had a bunch of trees, and they were really good on the back what end. What about that's, Carolina? No, they that's what I'm saying. Burns, Carolina's defense is good. Levin, Pesci. Pesci, go down the list. Like, their they're D is as good as anyone. And no, I think I like a huge Carolina reason K. why they're good. I like Carolina's D. And you know what? They get, they're getting solid goaltending, which is what Boston had, right? Same thing as what St. Louis had. Bennington came out of nowhere, literally nowhere. And, uh, um, you know, they – so can Carolina do it? Sure. I just – if I was them, if, if, the tra- if the right trade was there, I would look for it. Right, like I, so I, I, I had a conversation with their owner and Tom Dundon a couple. This is going back a couple years ago. A really interesting, candid conversation, and I just thought the way that he looked at it. And I, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have my notes in front of me. But he, in his view, the name of the game in the NHL is to just give yourself as many opportunities as possible because winning is so random I in agree. this league. That it's it's only about icing a competitive team for as many consecutive years as you can before having to tear it down to give yourself an opportunity to win. And I would say making a massive trade, while it would help them, it also probably hurts or pushes back against that theory, doesn't it? In a way, and that's why it's got to be the right person to, to come in there. I I don't see how if you brought in... You know, for argument's sake, you mentioned O'Reilly, you mentioned Tarasenko, you mentioned Kane, you mentioned Taves, guys who've all won a Stanley Cup. I think that's that it's it's an ingredient that's never hurt teams to bring in a guy who's got skill like that. Um, you know, Patrick Kane's not signing long term in Carolina, so I, I wonder. And he kind of would controlled, he even like, go there? He, but he might, Frank, because the one thing that's going to be the advantage, Kane's going to control where he goes, which might mean it lowers the return of the trade. Because it limits the amount well, of teams. De- it depends on how many he gives them. Like that's what Florida figured out really early last year, and which is another reason why I keep mentioning Claude Giroux when comparing Kane and Taves and whatever trade might go down. It's not just because they have the same clause and contract, but also because they have the same agent. That at some point, if the player like Claude Giroux did last year decides I'm only going to the Florida Panthers. This is the only team you can talk trade with. Well, then Florida knew that. And they were like, Hey, we'll, we'll give you this, but not much more than that. And if you don't like it, then don't trade him. Exactly. So how many teams do these guys actually give the Chicago Blackhawks to make a deal? Now, it may I, not honestly, be many. No, I, I totally wholeheartedly agree. And so that, and do you, like, want if you're Carolina, you have to have a contract in place uh, and in an extension, or are you willing to just roll the dice for 12 weeks and see how it plays out? Like Matt Caroline, like if you were, if you were Kane or Taves, is there a more attractive place to go? If your goal is to win this year, I'm not sure there might uh, like maybe Colorado. Well, I would say, yeah, I was going to say you're massively discounting Colorado. Yeah. And if well, you're Taves, seasons. like if I'm Taves, I'm going like, Hey, that's, that's the place I want to go. Yeah, no, well, hey, those are the two teams, right? So if and both need two, both need a center, a second line center. Both are in the market for the exact same thing. Yeah. 
So to me, it's a, you might Look, not have to I don't to give know that Carolina much. needs a winger, do they? I mean, not saying Kane's going to hurt at any point anywhere, but I don't no, see either one of those two teams like being really hungry for Kane. No, well, I, I couldn't see that. I still think the New York Rangers are the team that's going to be looking at Patrick Kane, and I think Patrick Kane's going to be looking at the New York Rangers, Frank. Maybe. No. Hey, speaking of another team, what about the Boston Bruins? Um, of course, uh, they continue to roll, right? They had the most wins in 2022 by regular season wins, that is. They've been dominant all season long. They don't look like they have any weaknesses right now. And uh, uh, they got the, the big outdoor uh, game coming up today against Pittsburgh. I got to say I was wrong. I, I'm over the Winter Classic a bit, and I mentioned this last week on radio, that I was just like, you know, it's run its course for me. We're now coming back to venues for the second time. This is the fourth time that the Boston Bruins and Patrice Bergeron's career are playing in an outdoor game. It's just like enough. Like, okay, so you reoriented the rink in Fenway Park. Like, I covered the one in 2010. Maybe this was just jaded sports writer Frank, you know, sort of giving the the usual take. But then I, I saw some stuff on social media yesterday, and it was right after the the Penguins wrapped up their um, their their practice. They always have the family skate every year, yeah. and watching the kids of these players skate onto the ice and how happy everyone was, I kind of take it back. Like I was like, you know what? It's a special event for the two teams involved, and for oh, everyone huge. else, it's just another it's just another game. Yeah, I would agree. I think people still like the intrigue of watching it. It's unique. It's outdoors. As a fan, when you watch it, you, it brings It's not back unique memories. anymore, I guess, is the point. No, it's not unique, but you know what? People love being – people like nostalgia. It never gets old, right? People love reliving their youth at certain t- – if you had great memories of the ODR, it doesn't matter if every year you're reminded of that memory. And now, sure, you're right, it's back in Fenway, which is still a pretty iconic venue to play in. And, you know, it helps that you've got the league's best team and you got one of the biggest names in the game in Crosby. So, you know, there's that intrigue. And, you know, he's talking about his baseball career and one of his first sporting events ever was Fenway Park and and all those cool stories. But I think the reason why people people like to know what's coming And it's like, oh, every year, here it comes, outdoor game again. And every year, Frank, there's somebody, there's a new fan who has a child who is now old enough to watch that game with them for the first time. They couldn't watch it when they're four or five, well, most cases. But now all of a sudden you have a son or daughter who's seven or eight and is like, dad, mom, I want to watch that game, right? There's, oh, this is great. So now I get to sit down. And every year you have new fans because of the age of the kids that sit down and watch it. Well, there's others who every year they're like, we just like to watch it as family. My kid's not, you know, my son's a teenager. We go play on the ODR and then we watch the game or we watch the game and then we go outside and play. And so I understand you're right that the two fan bases of those teams definitely are the ones most impacted. But I think a lot of hockey fans across the world like to watch, maybe not the whole game, but they'll watch parts, they'll watch snippets, they'll watch highlights. And then they wait, hoping the one thing that you said, I agree with Frank, they need to spread it around to more teams involved, right? Like, I just don't know that they can. Well, they might not host it, but at least have them as a road team. But then you're you're taking two random teams that don't have any sort of rivalry, not that the Penguins and Bruins have one. Yeah. 
but they're two large market fan bases that they know it's going to a sell tickets to, and that hasn't been an issue. And B they're going to drive TV ratings. That's, that's a huge part. Well, of no, it. I understand that. I understand all the TV stuff, but I just, you look, you can find ways to, so to give me your, creative. give me your proposed matchup then. Well, you this would is look, where I, I think, think the argument falls short. Like, like at some point, teams. like the, the Kings and the Ducks need to play in one. They did. Yeah, they did but I would, but you could, you, but it's four times for Boston, right? Um, I would have, like, to me, look at the team, like Colorado right now, pretty hot team, right? And they, and Colorado's they had a lot of a firepower ton. for a while, right? They just did the Air Force game. Columbus has firepower. They were a big storyline. Columbus is a team you could play in there. They could host it. I don't see why not. Who cares? Like, honestly, no offense to the Blue Jackets franchise. Or, who cares? They're the, one of the most anonymous teams in pro sports. Yeah, you don't think that... You're going to yeah, give but, your marquee day, your marquee game, and you're going to say, we're going to put the Blue Jackets in it? Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, even if you did Blue Jackets-Penguins at Ohio State, like, yeah. Oh, I think that sells huge. People watch that game. The tickets will be nuts for that game. All right. Like I think Columbus would 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 Boston Pittsburgh would Columbus Pittsburgh be that much less honestly? I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's venue driven. I don't know. What I'm saying is they got to find a way to spice it up a little. And you're saying it's matchups. I think matchups. Got to think outside the I, box. Like I like I, the hey, Tahoe on record, so much better. I'm going to be on record. I don't complain about the outdoor game. I've long time ago learned it. It's about the teams. What you said, Frank, early is it correct? The families, the fan bases, they love it every year. And if it's Boston every year and they get the TV readings, then it's going to be Boston and Chicago all the time. Maybe not Chicago now because they're not very good uh, moving forward. But I understand why they do it. Like um, Edmonton, Calgary is being announced in October, right? That'll be, you know, they're coming back to where it started. And I, I do find it interesting that the Heritage How Classic How cold will it be for that, by the way? October 29th? Nah. It shouldn't be bad at all. It's rarely really cold in October. Like rarely, really. I can't remember. Like sometimes you'll get snow on Halloween, but you don't get minus 25. Like I was there in 2000, the original one, the Heritage Classic, Frank. And thankfully I'd worked in the oil field. So I had outdoor coveralls and, you know, big boots and everything. I sat out, like I was covering as a media guy, but I sat outside for all the games. And then I just went in between. So I didn't have to go seven straight hours like the diehards did. Cause at least I got to warm up uh, inside in the media lounge. But it is interesting that the NHL never really talks about where the outdoor game started. And it's because it wasn't their idea. Right? Well, but that's, it's kind of, that's kind of the thing. They think that it started in 2008 and really it started in 2003, yeah. but yeah. that's just because they all, the crazy thing about that. And it's sort of revisionist history in the way that they fell into it is I, I covered that game in 2008 and they 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 weren't sure they were going to be able to sell it out. Like even in the last couple of days leading up to it, they were like, oh, this is kind of dicey. Like we need to move a lot of tickets here. And they did. And what clinched it obviously was the game action itself, Crosby scoring and the magic of that and how it played out with the snow and the images. Yeah. After that, everyone wanted in. And I actually just read, I think it was Emily Benjamin wrote it on NHL.com the oral history of the 2010 game at Fenway, which I also covered the it, it was, Fenway was so anxious 
to get the game after Wrigley had it in 2009 that their actual president and owner admitted we did a horrible job negotiating because we just wanted it. We were like, whatever it is, yes, we'll take it. And these are massive events. He was like, it, it, it was like his way of saying reading between the lines, we got robbed here <laughs> and they were just so eager and anxious to have it that now the second, third time around, everyone's smarter and everyone knows that it kind of feels like a cash grab. Yeah, I think it's cash grab, but I also think it's it's you you play Thanksgiving football, Frank, in the U.S. is huge, right? People have said, why do the Detroit Lions get it, right? Detroit Lions have been terrible for decades, but they always play it. So, so to me, because it's tradition, people, though, exactly. So you don't necessarily need the best teams in it, Frank. Is my point because okay. people are now the heritage is it's not a heritage classic. The Winter Classic has become tradition for a lot of hockey fans. They don't even care who's in it. They watch it because it's tradition. And trust me, we all have, you have traditions. I have traditions where I look, I'm like, why am I still doing that? Because I like it. Like the born identity came on TV, Frank, the other day. I stayed up till one o'clock watching the born identity and the born supremacy. Cause it's my favorite movie. I know it's coming and I'm still watching it. Is it cause his name is Jason? Uh, no, but that's an added bonus, I guess. But I just love those movies, man. Oh. Like, you know, you could just PVR it or like, I know, you yeah, but it's watch not it same. on Apple TV. It's not the same, something. right? Okay. Watching the born identity or born supremacy or born all the all the shitty commercial breaks. That, well, no, no. See, there was the advantage. I had, I knew it was coming on, so I had recorded it. So then I went and I'd had a shower and then I came back. So I was able to, to uh, fast forward some of it, thankfully. But uh, yeah, you're right. But I can't watch it at nine in the morning. I can't watch it in daylight. It needs to be dark out to really get the ambiance of the true born classics. I feel like I just learned something like, like so telling about you that that's your favorite movie. No, well, it's one of my favorites. I got a few, like, I I can't say just have one. It's movies are hard to say just one. They are, but like, so that's one that if it's on TV, you cannot turn it off. Yeah. Shawshank. Right. It's another classic. it's, It's Tommy boy. I don't care, Tommy and boy. it's on a lot. I don't oh, care yeah. if whatever it is. If I'm flipping through, oh shit, Tommy Boy's on. I ain't moving for a couple hours. Yeah, no, hey, like it's too bad that Super Bad hasn't made its way on the TV enough because that's a movie, Frank. I can watch over and oh my god, it's so funny. Like there's no. some lines in that movie. Oh, Fogel, it's so. <laughs> I watch Christmas Vacation every Christmas morning. By the way. Every I don't Christmas know why. Morning. Yeah, I don't know why that's my tradition. Oh. With eat breakfast right. and watch Christmas vacation. Hey, there you go. See, and and it, the, we're we're we like repetition as humans. Yeah, you know what's coming. I know what's coming. Although in the born, because you know what, um, I I wouldn't say I watch it every year. Depends, right? Like, because I don't search it out. But when it's on, there's always a scene or two that I'm like, oh, forgot that one, and uh, comes full circle. So I love it. Absolutely love it. So that's why I think people like the, uh, the Winter Classic. Now, a few quick other ones, Frank. Talking about uh, we we talk about trade players. The St. Louis Blues a huge announcement today. O'Reilly's out. Uh, you said six weeks, and Tarasenko's out a month. I, I guess this will give St. Louis a dry run of what life might be like without Tarasenko and O'Reilly. Yeah. Yeah, dry run, dry January, dry scrape, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, it's not pretty for St. Louis. I feel like. Watch, this team goes on an absolute tear now without them, but I feel like this kind of spells the end for St. Louis and their playoff hopes. Like, that's a pretty significant chunk of time to be missing both of those guys um, at least a month without both of them, and they're already really struggling in the playoff chase. You know, they're on pace for exactly 82 points. 
Uh, they're four back of Colorado and they've played two more games. Like they're in a tough spot. Um, really they're kind of neck and neck with the, the uh, Canucks and just slightly back of the Preds in terms of points percentage. But yeah, that's probably not going to help the, I guess, you know, when you look at the, the trade deadline aspect of it for St. Louis, um, maybe it provides them some clarity ultimately in terms of what they do. And O'Reilly had already had a tough season to begin with, but at least it's not, you know, a knee injury or something where, you know, you're really losing significant value, a broken foot. Like that's one of those things, you know, you come back from and everything's fine and teams generally aren't concerned about trading for you. Uh, the hand injury for Tarasenko, I, I need more details before I could comment on that. And Doug Armstrong is expected to address the media on Monday, but um, I, I would fully expect O'Reilly and Tarasenko to be hot trade commodities. Oh, honestly, I think Ryan O'Reilly benefits from this, Frank. You mentioned it's the broken foot. It's it's something that players have come back from, and guys have played with broken foot. So coming back from when she, that guy, just the way he plays, he might be rested up a little bit more. I think this might actually help him, and the team that acquires him, if he gets moved, this could actually be a bonus for them. It's going to be really interesting to see what that next Ryan O'Reilly contract looks like. How much of a hit does he take for this season? But you're also balancing it with what does the cap increase look like moving forward? Maybe it impacts him in term more than dollars. Yeah, that's fair. Let's bring in uh, Tyler. I wanted to, real quick, before we get to Ty, I just wanted to mention one little bit of, uh, I know it's Monday, but a little, this gave me a little Sunday scaries heading into the week as we're thinking about the season. Remember last year we got to, you know, mid-January and we were like, oh my God, this East playoff race is so boring. There is no race. Kind of getting a little flashbacks at this point because we're basically going to have nine nine teams for eight spots because Detroit has really fallen back. I know they've got some games in hand on the Islanders, but there's already a bit of a chasm there between those two teams, five-point gap. I hope it remains interesting. Yeah, well, this, the Sabres have games in hand, right? And they've been rolling. And if you look at their, their six back of the Islanders, who are currently the not in the spot, right? They're tied with Pittsburgh and two back of the of the Rangers. But they got those games in hand and they've been rolling. I think that's the one team, Frank, you're right. I think it's a fair point. That's the one team that can keep it close, I think, um, and make it a 10-team race. So you think Buffalo is going to pass Detroit is what you're saying? At I least do. the last week or two, that's what it seemed like. But I don't know. I'm looking at the Detroit Lions, and I was thinking back to our conversation before the season with uh, with their new coach, Derek Lalonde, and we were asking him about... Now, March. Know, yeah, what it was break. like about watching the Lions and their hard knock series, and he was saying, you know, this season would be a success if we're playing meaningful games in March. Like, they're in a position to do so, but they need help. And I wonder if they could be one of those teams. Like, you talk about uh, a Horvat-like addition, like they could be one of those non-contending teams that I could see making a push for a player like him. That would be interesting for sure. Now, before I get to Ty Frank, I do want to talk about something to watch for in the in the final four months of the season. And when we talk about offensive storylines, you want to talk about something that's extremely rare, and I think it ties in today because uh, the NHL is playing at a baseball stadium. The Triple Crown. 
of course, in, in baseball is very rare. It's also extremely rare in the NHL to lead the league in goals, assists, and points. Do you know how many players have ever led the NHL in all three in the same year? Uh, I'm going to guess three. Uh, no, five. Okay. Gretzky did it five times. Lemieux's done it twice. Phil Esposito, Gordie Howe, and then you got to go way back to Howie Morenz. That's it. And Sidney, and you look at Connor McDavid, his point lead's got 15, like the points are probably the easiest one. He's 15 points up on his, on his own teammate, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, who's missed a few games with an injury. He is uh, five up in goals, but he's tied in assists with Carlson and Kucherov. So there's two things to watch for in the second half. The last defenseman to lead the NHL in assists, you got to go back. I think it was Bobby Orr. And Carlson is right there. I'd then be you shocked in, if that happens. Yeah. But then you throw in the triple crown. Like it's, there's lots of guys who have had like, you know, led in assists and points, Frank. That's fairly common. But even, even leading like goals and assists, you got to go back Ovechkin. I mean, goals and points. Ovechkin did it once when he had 65 goals and 112 points. Aginla, when no one had 100 points and he had 52 goals in 2002. Right, obviously Lemieux, but even that, like to be goals and points, doesn't happen very often. So while there is not necessarily a race for the scoring title, there is a race for the triple crown, and it's extremely rare in the NHL. So if you were to bet right now, does he do it? Like what kind of I want? Let's bring in Tyler. What kind of odds would that get? It's Kucherov. That's I think it's Kucherov for the assists. That's the biggest challenge. Hmm. What is, I'm going to look up, what is Kucherov's high assist total in his career? 87. Yeah, 87 when he had 128 That's points. Pretty damn good. I also think yeah. uh, the Lightning have played a few less games than the Oilers as well, which could work three less games than the Oilers, so that could work in Kucherov's favor too. But, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things, like betting on McDavid now to even go over a point and a half in a game, even the superstars like Kucherov, those payouts are like plus 190, plus 210. McDavid's like even money at this point to get two points in a game. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't, I don't think anybody's discounting that he's going to lead the league in scoring. Uh, and even goals, the way he's shooting the puck this year, it, it looks like it'd be difficult for anybody to catch him there. But the assist one to me, and, and, and it's because Frank at five on five guys aren't finishing his passes. That's why he's not leading the NHL in, in assists right now is they're not getting the finishing ability at five on five. It's interesting to me that Kucherov's playing more than he ever has. He's averaging 21 a night. He's never averaged over 20. Well, their depth in Tampa is not what it was, right? Right. 87 assists. Yeah. And what's McDavid's high in assists? I think it's 80 or 81. Maybe even 79. 79. Yeah. Okay. Last season. Yeah, last Hmm. year. Yeah. I say he does it. So just something to watch for, for fans who like to see stuff. You don't, you don't see you. And you know, everybody he doesn't win the hard trophy this year. It's going to be an absolute abomination. Yeah. Wow. I don't see how anybody would like, I don't understand why, like I know order fans, everybody's biased, but I guess they they got to make the playoffs, but complaining about Matthews winning last year. Didn't make sense to me. He, he had an unreal year. You you know, 60 goals is very hard to do. He had a fantastic year uh, offensively everywhere. But yeah, why, David, why are people not talking about Matthew's season? Like it, it blows my mind how little discourse there has been about a guy that goes from scoring 60 to a guy that's on pace for 39. Yeah. 
Well, he's dropped how, down. How, like, how does that? Probably because they're winning, right? I'm guessing. I'm just, I'm shocked that it's not like, it's not even like in Toronto. It's people aren't talking about it. Well, because they're winning, I think, right? That would be my uh, guess. Well, oh, trust me, Frank. It's not lost on opposing fan bases who think they get uh, Toronto fed down their throats all the time. Because they do. <laughs> Other fans are talking about it. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get into this week's edition of Fill in the Blank, which is brought to you by our friends at Montana's. They're bringing back the viewing party with their Montana's daily deals. It's Monday, gents. Half-price wings at Montana's wow. every single Monday. Majority of their food is smoked, prepared, and grilled in-house with their certified Smoke Masters and Grill Masters program. So head down to a Montana's tonight, watch the games, and enjoy some half-price wings as well. We haven't done a show in over a week, and there's been a little bit going on around the league. The one thing that went a little bit viral were JT Miller's antics with Colin D'Elia behind the net when he wanted D'Elia to go to the bench. So I'll ask you guys, Miller's antics with D'Elia were blank. Jason? Overblown. Interesting. Bush League. Ah. So you guys aren't on the same page with this either. I just, I don't think there's any need to show up a guy like that. I don't, I, first off, any teammate at any point ever. Second, you're not the coach. Mike McKenna wrote a great column on dailyfaceoff.com about this, explaining the intricacies of the goalie pull that most coaches now do not make the decision to pull until the play has already moved up the ice because there's no reason to, there's no benefit to pull the goalie while you're in your own end. And I also just think it speaks to the overall dickishness I, like is that was that a phrase of jt miller that like it's driven people crazy there in that market that everyone he's kind of developed a reputation on that team of being a prick and this was an example of that for everyone to see in front of everyone else and not to mention oh. colin delia third goalie yeah, yeah. just like played his bag off for your team that's a lot when of I dick say and overblown. references in one <laughs> the reason I say overblown, did it look bad? hundred percent. Should he not have done it? Yes. I don't think it meant like, Oh my goodness, the character assassination and people work. Oh, this is just brutal. I'm like, let's calm down. Yeah. It wasn't great. It also is Frank. If you've said it, if he has a reputation, that's who he is. So that shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. I think it just, why it sticks with everyone in that fan base is because at least how I read it is because they've put themselves in a really bad position now to re-sign and keep Bo Horvat after a magical year. Someone that really wanted to be there that now they've sort of pushed that over the edge to the point where it seems like a trade yeah. is a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Because so they're they frustrated about other things, not the it. actual event. Cause I'll say this, if Vancouver was in second place, wouldn't be a topic. Hmm. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. It's Vancouver. Not nearly as much everything is a topic in Vancouver. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Frank, you were talking about the lack of a playoff race in the East. Um, maybe won't even really be one in the Central in the West, but the Pacific could maybe be the best divisional playoff race we get. Right now, the standings read Vegas, then LA, then Calgary, Seattle, Edmonton in fifth. I will ask you guys, the playoff teams in the Pacific this year will be blank, blank, and blank. Frank? All five of the teams you just mentioned. You think all five are getting in? Uh, Well... I take that back because Colorado is definitely going to get in. So that means it's going to be four. 
So who misses? I had said for a while that I thought Seattle was a lock just based on math, and that may still be the case because they've played three fewer games and five fewer games than L.A., four fewer games than the Golden Knights. But they've really sputtered of late, as you know, and their goaltending is not anywhere near playoff quality. So if I had to bet right now you put a gun to my head, I would say Seattle, but the math is still looking extraordinarily in their favor. Yeah, they have a much harder schedule than they had the first half. Um, not the amount of games they play, but who they play. Uh, I will say that uh, Seattle has a really good run. They have a competitive season, but they miss the playoffs. Interesting. Yeah, the, the schedule is something because you're right, Jay. A few more games, but definitely some tougher opponents mixed in there as well. Do you know uh, who my next team out would be? Edmonton? Calgary. Really? Yes. I, I, I think, think Edmonton's going to take off once they get Kane back. I'm curious to oh, see yeah. what they do at the deadline. I do think Calgary is going to be a player at the deadline. I just – something's off with that team. It just is, and I've yet to see any sort of – even in the games they're winning, I'm not wowed. Yeah, if, if, if Jack Campbell, who wasn't bad his last two starts, he's been okay. If he can just be okay – and not like he's an 876 save percentage. He started 16 to 38 games, guys. Just get to like 895 oh. and they would be much better. So that's that's why I, I think Edmonton should, should be fine. Stuart Skinner has been very good. He's clearly the starter now. You know, they, they can pick and choose which games Campbell plays. This month, they, they don't have a really hectic schedule. They're not a lot of not a tough travel, really. Like, they have a four-game road trip, but it's L.A. and Anaheim, so you're not really traveling there. And then it's quick jaunt to Vegas and San Jose. Um, they, they can – Skinner can easily play eight of, of their next ten games this month, and it doesn't even look bad. Probably could even play 11 out of 14. The Campbell thing is funny. I did the math earlier in the season on how many consecutive pucks he would have to stop if he wanted to get back to a 900 save percentage. I haven't done oh, yeah. it in a while, but I think it's still like he needs back-to-back 35 save shutouts or something if he even wants to get close to a that's, 900 save percentage. That's not even the interesting math is how many fewer goals would the Oilers have given up had he just played to 900. That's what Yes, exactly. That's what I mean. Like it's it's a it's a e- it's an area, though. Here's the thing: talking to a lot of goalie coaches, guys. I don't know if Jack Campbell's problems are all going to be is all going to be fixed this year. Right? We saw him. He's, Kevin Woodley talked about it months ago that he needed to change his equipment, right, just to kind of get up to to speed with it. Um, so that's one element. But a lot of the technical stuff, you might need months of an off season, and they say it's definitely fixable. But it's hard to do it during the year. So, you know, 12 fewer just, goals. That's what yeah, the math would be. They're just trying to get him, guys, to, to the point where you say if he could be 900 or at this point, 895. That, that would be a significant upgrade, even 895. Yeah. Isn't that sad that that's what you're talking about, though? With Yeah. Well, it hasn't with, been a great year. With a no five times five deal? Yeah. Not ideal. Uh, from the playoff picture in the West to about as far away as you can get from the playoff picture in the West, the Chicago Blackhawks have 20 points in 36 games. You don't need me to tell you that's brutal, but through an 82-game 80 ske- schedule, the least amount of points a team has put up in the salary cap era would be the Colorado Avalanche in 2016-17 when they had 48. So your question... The Hawks, who are on pace for 45, will finish the year with blank. Jason? Whew. So they have um, 
they got what 20 points in in 36 games so they're on pace for right around that 48 mark right yep, they're on pace um for 48, yeah. so i'm gonna say 45. they finish with because they're gonna trade off some guys some um, guys finish, they might trade off a quarter of their roster <laughs> i'm gonna say it might be more than that yeah but teams always find ways to win some games they shouldn't down the stretch. I'm going to say they finish with 44 points. 44. Ooh, Frank? Poor Luke Richardson. Is, his coaching record is just he's never going to recover from it. doesn't matter how good he is. Um, well, then again, Jared Bednar has done all right for himself. Um, but that's a whole – it's amazing that Bednar is still the guy in charge, by the way. Yeah. 48-point season, bounces back next year, almost doubling it, 95. Um, I'm going to say the Hawks end up with 42. All right. That would be... uh, But the big question is, will they win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes? And I checked in with my ace scout this morning to re-ask the question. Connor Bedard rewriting the record books at the World Junior Championship. Is he generational or franchise superstar? And still, the answer today, after a few preliminary round games, is not generational, but franchise superstar. Hmm. So not quite in the McDavid Matthews. Not echelon. McDavid Matthews, but the next rung down. But he'd be Eichel and whoever else came recently. Yeah. Does Eichel count? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I think he's franchise superstar. He's pretty good. Yeah. All That's right. Fair. Uh, we're going to wrap this up with our Points Bet Canada bonus question. Points Bet Canada live in Ontario. They got odds on everything. If you've been rolling with the Carolina Hurricanes recently, you're up a good sum of money. I can't see them being underdogs anytime soon. 11-game heater. They have the Rangers tomorrow. Then they go Preds, Blue Jackets, Devils, Blue Jackets for their next five. The question, throw a dart, guys. If you had to bet against the Canes in one of those games, which in which one does their winning streak come to an end, Jason? Well, the NHL record's 17, correct? I think it is, Pittsburgh. So so they need six more. Well, out of those five, um, the one I'd probably pick is the Rangers because New York's playing quite well also. Yeah. But I, I'm going to say the uh, – the because the Hurricanes just, you know, they got the shootout win the other day. Like, yeah, I'm going to say the Rangers. I, I think it uh, it and stops there. But it might, you know what? It won't shock me if it's if they get a point in that loss, though. It's going to be one of the Blue Jackets games, isn't it? It feels it like is. it, doesn't it? It always is. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably get like plus four fifty odds on the Blue Jackets in one of those games, so maybe it's worth. I it. would take honestly, it's hockey. Anything can happen. It's so random. There are people who say that. Like we've had a lot of instances in the past where like the Coyotes go into games against the Leafs. Leafs can never beat the Coyotes, yet you always no. get the Coyotes at like four or five to one to win the game. It's hilarious. Crazy. Yeah, it's hockey. All right, that hey, is a wrap. the Coyotes, Frank. Uh, before I let you go, uh, we've talked a lot about offensemen being moved, but uh, does Jacob Chikrin finally get? What dealt? is an offenseman? I've never heard that before. Yeah, know, and that was terrible. Yeah, and off, and, uh, the forwards, yeah, <laughs> offensive scores. That was terrible. That was great. <laughs> New words. But yeah, does Jacob Chikrin finally get dealt? I think he does. I think at some point someone is going to step up and pay the price, just because he's been so productive that. Yeah. Honestly, where I think the real value is, is just if you're really looking for an offensive defenseman, I would just pay a lot less to get Shane Goss to spare on an expiring contract with next to no money on it. Uh, $1 million in real salary, I think it is this year. 
He's going to cost you way less, and he's on pace for a 61-point season. Yeah, but Chickering's a better defender. Uh, no, I know, and you're acquiring him for the long haul, but what I'm saying is if you're looking for an offensive guy, because yeah. some teams are, then yeah, that would be the guy I would focus on. Yeah. By right. the way. The cost would be much lower. I just wanted to to just share a laugh about, did you guys see the photo of Alex Ovechkin and the, oh. the Montreal Canadiens' moms? After he torches them for three goals and they blow them out. Oh, that was so Yeah, good. so Ovi, New Year's Eve, the the Canadians have their moms on the trip. Yeah. And he literally poses for a photo with them in the hallway. It's unbelievable. Like I just it said the, the tweet just says Alex Ovechkin embarrassed the Habs in front of their moms and then took a picture with them. <laughs> like so good. I started Patrick, the year with a great or ending the year, I should say, with a great viral moment. That was awesome. Yeah. Unbelievable, but I get it. Like, oh, yeah. why, why wouldn't you? Right? Like, the game's over, and uh, you're, but you're I talking. don't get it. Like, why, if you're the Canadians' moms, are you like, oh, we want to take a picture with Ovi? Like, what? That's <laughs> well, that's I, so weird. Oh, I don't think so at all. Are you kidding? Okay. They want to take a picture with whose guy who's going to be the greatest goal scorer, lead the NHL in goals all time. The game's over. You can't change the game now. They're just like, hey, there are probably a few uh, few gin and tonics in maybe, but either way, probably. I think that's uh, that's completely acceptable. I'm sure I, would, there I think were, a lot of people would have done it. I'm sure there was a lot of the players on the Habs, though, doing the uh, like they would have made when they were 12. Mom, stop it. You're embarrassing yeah, us. No kidding. Exactly. <laughs> but the funny part is, guys, many of those Hab players themselves would love to get a photo with yep. Ovi after the game. Don't yeah, kid yourself. Right. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap on uh, this week's edition of Fill in the Blank, brought to you by Montana's. Check them out. Find the location near you. Monday, half price wings. You can't beat it. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Alex Ovechkin, 806. The countdown is on. 23 Whoa. months, I'm telling you. 23 months, December 2024. Wow. That's, that's hey, Frank, it. the other thing about Ovi is he's also on pace for 50 again. 
I'm pace to score 50 for the 10th time. That would put him in the only guy ever past Gretzky and bossy. Like people thought like the, the Gretzky goal record. Many of us didn't think even Ovechkin himself said six years ago, I didn't think it was realistic. I don't think anybody thought that 10, 50 goal seasons. And the thing is, if, if there wasn't for COVID, he would already had it because he was on pace in, in 2020. So it's, it's really ridiculous that his, I didn't think he was going to get there this year. I thought he'd be a bit slower yeah. again. No, but there he is. And his ability to, to maintain. And, and that's what I've said all the time. I think for fans of, of, you know, the younger superstars now, Ovechkin and Crosby are kind of that first wave in the NHL of elite players who have all of the elite training nutrition at their disposal. And we're seeing them extend their careers into late thirties. Not just a used. Are you confusing Ovi with having partaken in any of these things? Oh, you don't think Ovi trains properly? No, I think he trains, but I don't think he's like, I don't think he's fanatically Nathan McKinnon style watching what he's eating. No, well, I you don't have to be that though. Cause that's proven. That's just the nutrition, but, but training rehab, Frank, um, sleeping, all those things that the today's players, just the training that they're able to get right to all the different yogas and all those different things like that, that what's better, what keeps your body functional for longer I don't, oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, you I don't think I, I, no. trains hard. Uh, no, I'm not saying he doesn't train hard. I would never make that. I think that's a, that's an assassination of character. Cause I do think he works hard. I don't think he's a fanatic nutrition and. Oh yeah. But that's just one thing. Nutrition and Hey, nu- nutrition still, I think at times um, is Ovi though. Do you think he's eating? Like he probably has a few more quote cheat days than other guys. But it might ill. But I don't think Ovi's a guy who's crushing um, jube jubes and chips. I don't know. I who knows? We'd love. To, we should ask him one day. I will. I would ask him. But the point and, is that like they'll extend it. I think Crosby has a legit shot to be two thousand points, and McDavid has a better shot to surpass that. Just look at the pace they're on. I think Connor McDavid, when it's all said and done, and I said this recently online, Connor McDavid, we were talking about our Mount Rushmore of NHL players. I think Connor McDavid will go down as the best player of all time ahead of Gretzky. Hmm. Yeah. That would be an interesting debate. There's no question about it because the the hardest thing to do is debate it against your peers and, um, you know, Gretzky dominated like no other is ridiculous, but yeah, McDavid. Well, here's the great thing about McDavid. I talked about the triple crown. Like there's always things for those guys to push and chase after McDavid wanted to become a better goal scorer. And now he is. So how do you stop him now? Yeah. Like on two on ones, Frank guys used to think, well, we know he's going to try to force a pass. He doesn't do that anymore. And it is a, uh, it's a world of problems. I don't know how you defend it. I really don't. By the way, as we leave, uh, Really cool shot of the Bruins walking into Fenway Park. They all have vintage head-to-toe Boston Red Sox uniforms, including the high red socks. These are like early 1920s Boston uniforms. Cream-colored with Boston across the front in red. Navy blue hats with the B. And they are all wearing a baseball mitt. And some of them have bats in their hand. Pretty freaking cool. That's why the Winter Classic, Frank, every year, it gets you. See, that's what it does. It's the emotion that uh, connects you to it.
and they're right. they are all numbered. They've got the their own number on the jersey. It's it's pretty freaking cool. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's basically become the Tommy Boy of sporting events for you. There you go. <laughs> Can't uh, have a good have a good week. We'll talk to you Friday. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Cervalli and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.